Hey guys, we're so excited to share this message with you on the Center Set podcast. My name is Ethan and I lead worship here at Center Set. We'd love for you to download our app so that you can keep up with all that is happening in our community. Text Center Set to 77977 to download. We have not met. My name is Ali and my wife and I, we started this church three years ago, four years ago, excuse me. We wanted to create a place where not only Christians could, could grow in their faith, but unchurched people could explore their faith. If you're new, let me tell you, believe me when I say this, you are VIP at Center Set. You are VIP at Center Set. We are in a collection of talks called Rooted. Who's in Rooted right now in the groups? Come on. We are doing something very different as a church. We are not just teaching it on Sundays, but we're doing it as a groups, amplifying the Word of God in a community. And uh, in week one of this collection of talks, we, we talked about how do we develop some fruit for Jesus. And last week, we talked about how we hear from God. Today is going to be a fun one. Uh, when you see the verse on the screen, someone shout amen. 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 Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And jumping down to verse 14, if you are insulted because you name, bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious spirit of God rests on you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment. It must be begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who never obeyed God's good news. And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. If you can't tell, we're talking about everyone's favorite subject today, suffering. Come on. <laughs> woo suffering! Come on. I want to preach this idea around this ser- sermon, around this idea. Worship when it hurts like hell. That's my goal today, to get you to worship even when it hurts like hell. Let's begin with some prayer. God, thank you so much, Lord brought us here together, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the worship team, Jesus. Thank you, God, that, that you pursue us. That the testimony of our life is not our love for you, our, our devotion to you, but your devotion and love for us. We're grateful, Jesus. God, we're in this room because of you pursued us, you loved us, and we didn't come to just come through the re- motions of religion. God, we came in one way, and we want to leave another. We want to talk like you, love like you, behave like you, look more like you. And if you believe that, everybody said, yeah. come on, everybody said, yeah. and then you may be seated. Come on. Uh, when I was a, a 19-year-old in college, I, I lived on campus my sophomore year. I didn't live on campus my freshman year. I didn't sign up in time for, to live on campus. But my sophomore year, I lived on campus. And the way that colleges work, if you've never been, you live in these dorms, and they, they, they put you together with similar majors. So... Imagine 16 dudes. We all had the same major. We're all nerd engineers, but uh, we, we, would, we would walk every day to the cafeteria, and, and we just started making friends. And there, there would be this group of like 20 guys that we'd all walk to the cafeteria together. And we began to make friends from other majors, business majors, biology majors. And I remember there was one dude every day at dinner, he would tell us a new fact that he learned about the human body. I'm going to share some of those facts that the average person, I'm not sure if you ever know this, but it, he farts, we fart enough that could fill a balloon every day. Crazy. These are, these are facts, hashtag facts. 
that from the day that you're born to the day that you die, your ears never stop growing. Come on. So if you have a small ear and you make fun of people with big ears, one day you'll be bigger. Come on. And if you have big ears now, one day when you grow old and die, God's like, doesn't need to give you wings. You're just going to fly to heaven <laughs> like Dumbo. And they said the average person, if you collect all the pee, it would fill up a bathtub in one month. Crazy. And some of you ladies who are 5'2", wishing you were 5'3", measure yourself in the morning because you're a half an inch taller in the morning versus the evening. These are facts. And one day he comes up and goes, guys, look what I learned in class. If you put someone's hand in warm water when they sleep, they'll just pee. And it's, it's, that, it's, it's been proven a myth by Mythbusters. They, well, this is 20 years ago. We didn't know this. This man was preaching the gospel to us. Like, what? And the idea was that many times when you were in the shower, you would pee. So when your hand is in warm water, it would trigger that erection. Any shower peers in the house that have the courage to raise your I, I'm, I'm one of those people. Come on. And so we, we had devised this plan that, yeah, you can laugh. We're in the house of God. Come on. So we devised this plan. We're going we're to have a gathering of eight or nine guys, and we're just going to, trick one of the guys to go to bed early and we're going to test it out on him and so we played poker all night we're playing video games it's like one two in the morning and eventually one of our friends who's who might be watching online we love you scott bates i don't want to shame you but <laughs> he's the first guy to fall asleep and uh thankfully he slept on his arm with his hand hanging over the bed and so we got a, a bowl of hot water not boiling water we're in the dorm so we can't and we just kind of raise it to his hand right and in my mind, I was envisioning, like, just, he would just start peeing, right? But it was the opposite happened, right? Imagine six dudes surrounding this guy. We're all around him. What would you do if six men, grown men, were sounding? This he woke up screaming, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why is my hand wet? So angry. And it's such a perfect picture of what we look like when we go through pain and suffering, and it's often when we're in pain that we begin to ask God those hard questions. Why is this happening? What's going on? Why are you doing this? And I kind of want to bring comfort to your pain today. There are some of you in various stages of life. Maybe your marriage is broken. Maybe, maybe you have a secret addiction that you've never told anyone about. Maybe when you were a kid growing up, your, your mom and dad weren't around and you were bro- raised in a broken home. And that pain is still is with you. And I can't remove the pain. I can't explain the why. But I want to give you a biblical framework of why. Even God's children go through pain and suffering. And I just got to warn you, though, that the answer is not going to fully satisfy you. And at the end of my sermon, I want to give you a, a decision that will you worship God even when it hurts like hell? That's my assignment today is to not remove the pain or explain the pain, but give you a framework, a, some comfort, maybe some tools to walk through. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. My friend was surprised when six dudes were standing over him with his hand in a bowl of water. As if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Have you ever seen someone get divorced, their cat dies, they lost their job, and they're ready to throw a party? No. No one is happy when they're suffering. No one rejoices, and yet that is the perspective that is the, the, the mindset that Peter wants us to have. It's so antithesis to what we deal. We get angry with God. We get angry with our friends. We get bitter when we're going through pain and suffering. Yet Peter's saying, no, 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 you, you got to rejoice. Why does he say that? Because he says, instead be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ. God uses pain. Let me pull the big idea out of the back. He uses pain to make you more like Christ. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. I've never seen someone at the end of their life not grateful for the pain they went through. 
Because they say, God used all of that to make who I am today. I wrote down like this, behind every testimony, there's a test. Behind every message, there's a mess. I got a question, who, who wants to grow more like Christ this year? Come on, show of hands. You're at church at five o'clock, you want to grow. Now can you put your hands down. Who wants to suffer? For those of you that went to public school, those are the same question. I just worded it differently because in Peter's mind, suffering and growing are the same thing. Suffering and growing are the same. And he continues in verse 14. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed with the glorious spirit of God rests on you. See what Peter's talking to? He's speaking to, to Jews who are now becoming Christians. And they're not, they're not suffering like first world problems, persecution, like where someone like makes fun of you on social media or your Wi-Fi goes down. Like those are things that catch our breath. Like, oh, I can't breathe. You know? This is like real world persecution. Like your parents forsake you. Your wife leaves you. You get fired from your job because you became a Christian. And often in, in that culture, when you would become a Christian, it was a death sentence to your economic situation. And you, you're, the trials were real. It wasn't some troll on social media. And he's saying, if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, for stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer. I've seen so many people going through trials and pain, and they put their head low. Wondering, well, is it because I'm a sinner? It's because I didn't pray enough? Because maybe I'm not as spiritual as the person next to me. That, that, that's why this is happening in my life. And so often we don't want to even come to church in those moments because we want to bring our Sunday best. And what Peter's saying is it's okay to come to church with your worst, with your Sunday worst, because it's okay to not be okay, amen? And Peter's trying to get this idea in mind. All of us, all of us are going to suffer at one point in our life. You can't, it's not a question of, if, if, it's when. And the, the real question Peter wants us to evaluate is, what are you going to do when you do suffer? How are you going to cope? Because so often, the way we cope with the pain makes the pain we were originally going through, it just magnifies it. Uh, if you've ever read the book, Second Hesitations, chapter 1, verse 2, says, once you go Persian, there's no better version. <laughs> that, that, that verse is in my Bible. And, and, and Persian food, if you've never had it, is full of rice and full of meat. For the, for the bros that want to bulk, you go Persian, right? But if, there's no spice in Persian food. And as a kid growing up, I grew up next to a, a, a Buddhist, a Muslim, and a Mormon. I loved the Mormon because his mom would cook hot dogs and, and hamburgers during the summer. The, the guy from Thailand, he was like seafood. Like we would eat like crabs and like frogs sometimes. It was like crazy. I remember the first time she invited us over for dinner, there was like all these dishes like, oh my gosh, what is all this stuff? And there's this one tray of like what looked like ketchup. I'm like, what? What is that? She's like, oh, that, is that ketchup? She's like, no, no, that's chili paste. I was like, chili what? I, we, there's no spice in Persian food. Dip my finger and I tasted hell. I'm telling you. As the eight-year-old, I was like, what is this? Indians are a little bit different. They're, they're, they're tricksy little hobbits. They don't put the spicy food on the table. They put it in the food and they don't tell you, right? So I'm at my friend's house. And he's like, you want some curry? What he should have said is spicy curry chicken. He didn't say that. So I'm like, show it to me. So it's right. I'm like, this looks like my, my parents' food. I'm like, of course I want this. Who would not put it in my mouth and fire? I'm screaming, God, oh my, what's going on? My friend's like, don't worry, there's another in the fire with you. Come on. And I'm like, bro, I need water. He's like, you can't have water. It's going to make it worse. I'm like, what do I do then? He's like, give me milk. And he goes to the first time, I'm so sorry, we don't have milk. He goes, you got to try this. I'm like, what is it? It's mango lassi. If you ever had mango lassi, it's basically yogurt with sugar. It's demonic. Come on. 
I'm like spinning. I'm like, just give me, do you hate me? Why are you having me suffer like this? I put it in my mouth, the water, and it spreads the hot sauce everywhere. <laughs> I was like on fire. This is what it looks like when we go through pain. When we don't know how to cope with our pain and suffering, we often what we try to do in the pain makes it worse. And often when we don't know what to do with our own pain, we don't even know how to speak to other people's pain. Some of the worst things that are said are said at funerals. One of my friends who was a pastor, his father-in-law died recently. And he had, a pa- he had a pastor the funeral. He had to officiate the funeral. And this man comes up to him, doesn't even say, I'm sorry for your loss. Doesn't say, my condolences. You know, you know it, it sucks when, you, when, a fa- when your father-in-law dies. But you know what sucks even more? When your wife dies. My wife just died. And the guy just walks away. <laughs> well, thanks, well, thank God for you. God bless you. And then another gentleman approaches him and says, you know why God allowed this pain, pastor? Because he wants you to suffer. Because if you suffer more, you'll be a better Christian. My friend's like, really? So maybe I should punch you in the face so you can suffer for Jesus, right? Let's not su- waste our suffering, brother. Come on. And often we don't know how to deal with pain. We don't know how to cope with pain. We don't even know how to deal with other people's pain. So we say mean and sensitive things. Hey, listen, someone in your life has a loss of life in their life. Don't try to tell them the why. Just say, I love you. I'm praying for you. My condolences. And I want to bring you five ways that in our culture, I've just seen as a pastor, ways we try to cope with pain. Maybe you're the stuffer. I've had so many people in this church, a loved one will die, and they won't talk about it. They won't process it. So they stuff the pain. And then they just go through life as if nothing happened. Only one day it's going to erupt like a volcano. Are you a stuffer? Do you try to be strong and machismo? Or do you, do you want an emotionally healthy process your emotion. Or maybe you're a spewer. Spewers, man, they, 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 they also don't deal with pain, but they, they bleed on people who never cut them. Every time they're talking to someone, every time they're processing with someone, they're, they're always talking about what their dad didn't do or what their ex-girlfriend did to them, and they're bleeding on people that never cut them. Maybe, maybe you're just trying to numb the pain. So often as a pastor, I feel that, so, so I see that so many people that are addicted, it's not because they, they want to be addicted. It's because there's a painful event in their life they don't know how to deal with. A dad that wasn't there. They, they want intimacy, so they go to porn. They want some joy, so they go to drugs. They want to stop the pain, so they go to alcohol. And maybe you, that's you. You come home after a long day of work. I just need a blank. What is that blank that you fill that in with? Because you're not dealing with the pain. You're just numbing it. Maybe you're a distractor. Maybe you distract yourself with pain. I, I remember in 2016, no, 2021, uh, June, July, and August, I went through depression. I've talked about this before. It was very difficult, challenging, going from the Hotel Valencia with 200 people to coming out of COVID with like 100. It was, it was so cha- It was hard. I remember for three months, I was going through depression. And as I came out, I found that I would distract myself by reading about other people's pain so I could distract myself from my pain. All about hyperinflation, blue ocean event, and all these other things that were going on out there because I didn't want to deal with what was going on in here. The last one is isolate. I've seen people go through pain. They had a job loss in COVID. They, they lost a loved one in COVID. They, they, maybe they, they lost an opportunity and they say, God, I came to church every week. I was there for you. you. Why aren't you there for me? And they begin to pull away from community because they don't know how to deal with the pain, only making it worse. How do you deal with the pain? There's the great theologian, Thomas Merton, who said, the truth that many people never understand until it is too late is that if the more you try to avoid suffering, the more you suffer. Let me say that again. The more you try to avoid suffering, 
the more you suffer because smaller and more insignificant things begin to torture you in proportion to your fear of being hurt. If we were to evaluate your life, how do you try to avoid pain in your life? Because we're not like Peter. We don't embrace pain. We don't celebrate. We are in pain avoidance. My question for you that I want to give you a framework today. It, it, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's not going to quench your pain. It's not going to quench those questions that you have because there's a mystery of pain that we will never understand on this side of eternity. But I still want to give you a biblical framework. Three things that will maybe help you cope with the pain, deal with the pain, and then there's a, a challenge on the back end. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. If you're not taking notes, you kind of want to write this down. Jesus promises. Someone say promises. promises. We are a loud church. That was not loud enough. Someone say promises. promises. Jesus promises we will suffer. The good news of the gospel includes the bad news of suffering. Let me say it another way. You can't avoid this. Jesus says this in John chapter 16. I have, this is Jesus speaking. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. There's no if condition. It's not men or, or Laker fans. It's everyone is going to suffer. Are you ready? The good news of the gospel is not that he, he doesn't love you, he's not for you, but you will have suffering. It's not a faith thing. It's a breathe, if you're breathing, you will suffer. And so often, I, I just have this pet peeve with Christian culture, especially Instagram influencers. Oh my gosh, these girls will be in a field like, oh my gosh, God loves you. <laughs> right? They'll have the scarf and the, and the coffee. He, for I know the plans I have for you. <laughs> it's, it's not a full gospel. Because all they're doing is showing you the good, the health, the wealth. But there's a holistic gospel. Sometimes you get sick. Sometimes a loved one dies. Sometimes you lose your job, even though you did nothing wrong. Sometimes you don't get the promotion. Sometimes all of your friends get married before you. Sometimes you pray for God for a child. And for some reason, God makes you wait a few years. Sometimes you pray for someone to get sick. And then you don't even know the person. And then you pray for your own parents, and you can't help them. See, Jesus is trying to tell us troubles and trials are coming. And I have a, an issue with Instagram because all these influencers just want to give you health and wealth. And, it ain't, and pastors are at fault too, right? I mean, let me tell you. If you just raise your hand and receive Christ, and he's going to heal you and bless you. And it's like catching bait, bait and switch, right? Like these, these Christians, these people are like, I want that. I and then when it doesn't, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why, why did you mislead me? It's because we didn't preach a holistic gospel. So I want to kind of switch up the game. Can I do that tonight? I want to create some Instagram influencers in the room. You guys, all of you are influencers, but I want to change the game a little bit. I want to show you what a more holistic gospel. Now, I took pictures, listen, from people in our church. And I got their permission, so don't get angry with me. But this is what a more holistic gospel will look like. Let me show you this first picture. This is Sam. She leads our social media. OMG, Jesus promises we will suffer. Who's ready for 2022? <laughs> Who's ready? Come on. This next girl, I don't know who she is, but if someone can give me her number, she's cute. Can you put it up on the screen? Are you a follower of Jesus? Get ready for COVID and pain in Jesus' name. That's a holistic gospel. Because it's not just preaching for I know the plans I have for you, right? It's everything. It's acknowledging the good and the bad. And Jesus promised, he promises pain. And there are different kinds of pain that we have in our life. This is not a, 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 an exhaustive list, but this is just enough to, to give you a, a conversation. The first one is 
is natural. Maybe there's a natural disaster. Maybe your tire pops. Maybe your engine blows up. Maybe, maybe on the way to work, your house burns down. There are things that are outside of your control. Moral. This is, there, there, there's extreme and, 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 and non-extreme. Someone gossips about you. Someone lies to you. Someone betrays you. The more extreme cases, someone kidnaps you. Someone rapes you. Someone murders you. Then there's the physical. I think we all know people that got COVID and had to go to the hospital. Thankfully, we don't know very many people that actually died of COVID. But we all know, have loved ones that have passed away. There is no, it does not matter how much money you have, you cannot stop death. And what happens when these types of pain come in our life, we don't know what to do with it. We think maybe there's something wrong with me. We think maybe I'm not spiritual enough. And the way we cope with the pain amplifies the pain. It's like me when I drank water, when I had spicy curry chicken and the pain that we experience because we don't know how to do with it makes the pain even worse. And there are some mindsets I've seen as a pastor that creep into the church and they're unbiblical. And I've heard them from people in this church, not calling anybody out. You have this mindset. But I just need that as a pastor say, this is bad theology. Let me give you three ways that we just don't deal with pain very well. Manifest. This one's my favorite of the three. This one's so much fun. I have a, a, a friend in my life that, that every time they're sick, you cannot tell them they're sick. Well, the temperature of 102, their throat is oh, scratchy and there's snot coming everywhere. I'm like, are, are you sick? Don't speak that over me, Brookie Bobby. I'm not sick. Don't, don't speak death over me. It's because they're unwilling to acknowledge the pain in life. Because what they're really trying to do is they're man, trying to manifest positive vibes. And the theology is, if I don't acknowledge the bad, I only receive the good. And they'll, they'll use the word faith to declare, I have the faith that I'm healed. But your doctor says you're sick, bro. Come on. You cannot manifest health and wealth. Christians don't deny pain. We acknowledge it. We acknowledge it. Second one is karma. And every once in a while, I have a, Pastor Yaz and I will do counseling. And they won't say the word karma, but they'll just imply, why is God allowing this to happen? Is it because I did that? And what they're really saying is, is God give me what I deserve? Is it because I did that? that, that and not, they're not talking about sowing and reaping. They're talking about karma is you getting what you deserve. And it's so antithesis to the gospel because, listen, you don't want karma, let me tell you. Because if God gave us what we deserve, we would all spend eternity apart from him. The gospel is better than karma. The gospel says that God, who was infinite, became finite. The king became a baby. The, the eternal became a man. And the ones that were guilty, me and you, the ones who deserved death, the ones who deserved to be separated from God, we did not get what we deserved. You know what we got? We got a Savior who was willing to die for us. He was rejected so that we could be accepted. He was punished so that we could be rewarded. He tasted death so that you and I, bro, listen, you do not want karma. And the gospel is way better. The last one is this atheistic mindset that often when we come to church we, we don't we'll profess faith but we live like a functional atheist we say we trust god but we'll never give him our money we believe in a relationship but we'll never pray and so this atheistic mindset to, to, to pain if in our culture we everything is god is not real god's not real but pain is and when you tell an entire generation that they're a cosmic accident why do you think our generation has the highest suicide rate because there's, there's no point to my life. It just sucks. So let me take it. Jesus promises pain. The second biblical truth I want to tell you tonight. Jesus gives. Someone say gives. Yeah. Gives us free will. 
The same choice to love someone, I can curse someone. The same choice to, to, to build someone up with my words, I can use that same choice to tear someone down. I can love someone or I can hate them, but the choice is mine. Look what it says in Deuteronomy verses 30, verse 19. This day, this is God speaking to the Israelites. I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Now choose life. God gives you that choice. If this is not the first time God gives man the choice. In Genesis chapter 2, God, God says, I give you the entire garden, every fruit. Mangoes, don't eat mangoes. Those are demonic. Strawberries, kiwis, anything you want. Choose life. Don't eat from this tree. And what did Adam and Eve do? We, we, we chose death because he gave, gives us free will. So much of the brokenness in this world, we blame God, but it's our fault. Why do I have four locks in my door? Why do I have security cameras surrounding my house? Why do we have chips on our, on our credit cards? Why do we have police that roam the streets? Is it because God's bad? No, because we are. The evilness and brokenness in this world is not God's fault. It's ours. But the good news is, God has overcome the world. He, we have pain and suffering, but he's overcome it. Amen? Amen. But, but, but you got to realize that there, there are things that we blame God that are our fault. And I'm not trying to, like, dismiss your pain. And say, oh, it, it, it. sometimes when we're going through pain and suffering, we look to the only one who can help us for hope. And this is not enough hope that God promises suffering, that, it, it's, that he gives us a free will. There's a third part. There's a third element. This is what separates Christianity from every other God. And it's this truth. God chooses. Jesus chooses. Someone say chooses. He chooses to suffer with us. He chooses to suffer with us. Not only do we suffer, but Jesus suffers. Uh, Augustine, who's considered one of the greatest theologians, he wrote the book Confessions. Pastor in North Africa, some theologians say it's one of the 10 best Christian books of all time. And he says in this, in his book, God had a son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering but never one without suffering. The book of Isaiah says this in Isaiah 53, verse three. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and he looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Are you a person of sorrows? He was a person of pain. Did you have a lot of trauma in your life? So did Jesus. Because he, he didn't just suffer for you. He suffers with you. In Mark chapter 14, so it says, he, he being Jesus, took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. This is the Savior of the world. He prayed, if it were possible, the awful hour waiting him might pass by him. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Isn't that where we are sometimes? We know God is capable of healing. We know God is capable of doing the miracle. God, I know you can heal my marriage. God, I know you can give us a baby. God, I know you can change our family around, change the situation in my business, in my home, in my friendships. I know you have the power, but look what Jesus says. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I, yet I want your will to be done in mine. And that tension that so many Christians live in, where we know God has the power, but he hasn't done it. We know he can, but for some reason he won't. You are not the only one who had that same pain with that tension of knowing God is capable, but for some reason you won't. Jesus suffered that same pain with you. That's why the brother Lawrence says this, we need not cry very loud 
He is nearer to us than we think. Sometimes when we're suffering and we're in pain, we think we need to cry out to God because he's far away. No, no, he's standing right next to you, crying with you. Because that's what separates our God from every other God. Our God suffers with you. He's the suffering servant. He's the, the God that, that you don't need to yell. He's right next to you. And this isn't just a theoretical sermon. This is my life. Many of you know my, my, wife, my story, my wife's story. I grew up in a home where my dad was physically and verbally abusive. I don't remember as a kid ever hearing that my father loved me. I don't remember ever him giving me a hug. Life was painful and it was hard. And when you have a hole in your heart that was wired to receive affirmation from your father, you fill it with other things. Because you're supposed to be filled with love. So I filled it with porn, filled it with alcohol, filled it with relationships, hoping that those things would quench my thirst, and it never did. Every time I drank, every time I, I, I went that route, I would be thirstier and hungrier than before. Because why? Because life is painful, and it's hard. I remember as a 20-year-old, my mom called me and said, Allie, we, we have to file for bankruptcy. I had $200 in the bank account. I had a, a, a rent payment of 330 days, because I think she called on the 2nd of November or the 1st of November. I don't remember. I'm a full-time college student. I was a full-time employee the next day. <laughs> I had to work and pay my way through school. And listen, it, life was hard and was painful. As a 21-year-old, I met my college sweetheart. We got married. Within nine months of our marriage, she left me for someone else. I don't know what you've experienced in life. I've experienced a lot of painful. There is nothing like infidelity that messes with you that makes you feel small and rejected and unvalued. And again, life was painful and it was hard. It was in that pit that I finally heard the voice of God. I wrote it down like this. God whispers in our comfort, but he shouts in our pain. Some of you, God's speaking to you right now, but you can't hear it because you're in comfort. So God will wait until you experience pain because he has a megaphone because he's been trying to get a hold of you this whole time. And as a 24-year-old, my wife left me. I, I had a revelation that God, Jesus was real, gave him my life, and he said, marriage is forever. So I waited. Not seven days or seven months, seven years. From 24 to 31, I remained single, wanting my ex to come back. And life was painful, and it was hard. I remember as a 28-year-old, I went on my very first mission trip, Mexicali. Anyone know where Mexicali is? So much fun. I remember... We went as a 28-year-old, and we would do vacation Bible school. So we basically knock on everyone's door. I'm like, oh, my gosh, bring your kids. And like 100 little, like, Mexican kids that we love on, share faith, and we play games and give them candy and pray for them. And on the last day they were there, there was this group of high school kids that was seeing us playing soccer in the park. And I'm like, bro, let's, let's go. Let's, let, we challenged them, and we got our butts kicked, let me tell you. <laughs> Mexicans can play some soccer. Come on. And I don't know why, but in this just brief interaction, God put this 18-year-old this kid on my heart. And I said, let's go back to the church and let's have a competition. Let's have a push-up contest. If I win, you have to let me share my faith. I beat him. And he's like, no, 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 let's have an arm wrestling competition. This is a picture of the, me and this dude arm wrestling. This is 2000, I believe, in six or seven. <laughs> Forgive me for the bandana. <laughs> but I've been trying to look fresh for 15 years. Come on. I beat him with my left he was left-handed, by the way. And I was like, how am I going to win with my left? I, God gave me the Samson strength. I don't know. <laughs> Shared my faith with this guy. And he was the leader of all his other friends. He accepted Christ that day. 
the next day, I drive back 10 hours from Mexico only to find out my dad's having emergency surgery for cancer. Think how painful that is. God places this man in my life for two hours. I pray and he receives Christ. And I pray the same prayer and I can't help my dad. Sometimes life is painful and it's hard. And COVID happened. We were two years old as a church. We're, we're, we're reaching so many people. We had 200 people right before COVID, and then COVID happened. And a third of our church moved away. Texas, red states, everywhere where they wanted to go, right? <laughs> Just having fun. Come on. <laughs> I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I'm a Christian. Come down. <laughs> but I heard the reasons. And it was painful seeing people that loved our church move away because they didn't want to be here. And when we came out of COVID, we were probably 120. And then we moved from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And a third of my, the, our people in our church who, who loved us. These are people I baptized. These are people I thought I'd read the Bible. They just stopped coming because they didn't want to do church at 5. And it was painful. And it was hard. And I look back on the sacrifices that my wife and I made. We sold everything to start this church. We gave up so much. And it was times when I'm like, God, are you sure you got the right guy? Why are we suffering? And there are days I want to quit. Why? Because it's painful and it's hard. And I want to warn you, Jesus promises you will suffer. And there's pain in this life, and it's not his fault. But the good news of the gospel is that he suffers with you. But this is the challenge. And I know this doesn't appease or relieve you of your pain or answer your question of why, but you have a choice as you walk out this room. And it's this final challenge. It's this, will you bring your pain to God and get better or you hold it and get bitter? That's a faith choice. No one wants, no one asks for pain. No one wants it, but it's coming. And what you do determines what happens on your faith journey. I love the words of Psalm 56, verse 8. Record my misery, lest my tears, list my tears on your scrolls. They are not, are they not in your record? One translation says, you keep track of all my sorrow. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. Imagine in Jewish culture when a wife would see her husband go off to war, to show her affection towards her husband, she would cry and collect the tears in a jar so that when he returned from war, she would say, this is how much I love you. And God is recording that same cultural principle. This is how much I love you. When you weep, I collect your tears. I love you like a spouse loves you. That's what God's saying here. Will you bring your pain to Jesus and get better? Or will you hold it in get bitter. Tim Keller says this, Christianity does not provide the reason for each experience of pain, but it does provide deep resources for actually facing suffering with hope and courage rather than bitterness and despair. In every season of our church, in the good times and the bad, I can promise you, there's a posture that my wife and I have that we'll be in the front with our hands up worshiping when it hurts like hell. And that's the challenge for you. I can't remove the pain. I can't explain it away. I can't give you the reason why your family's crazy, why there's marriage issues. I don't know why. We won't know why on this side of eternity. 
But the challenge, will you worship him even when it hurts like hell? If I can encourage you with some verses from Jesus, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are brokenhearted, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. You're blessed if you're broken, meek, and lonely. I want to end with this one last story of a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He was a a prolific lawyer, one of the best lawyers in the country, and he was best friends with a pastor named D.L. Moody. Horatio Spafford was a very famous lawyer who was so wealthy, he he could afford to send his family on vacation while he still worked. So one season of his life, he sent his wife and his four kids to Europe, said, hey, I'm going to join you in a a couple weeks. I just need this business proposal. On the trip across the Atlantic, leaving New York, his four kids, his four daughters get sick. And halfway on the journey, imagine being out in the Atlantic over 100 years ago. They all get sick and die. And when his wife reaches Europe, she writes a letter. And Horatio, all of, all of us have landed here, but I'm the only one still alive. So imagine how long that letter took to get to him. And then Horatio drops what he was doing and gets on a boat. And in the letter, it said that it was on day 13, halfway through. And Horatio Sands, this lawyer, he has this encounter with God halfway across the Atlantic, exactly where his children died. And he wrote one of the most famous hymns in human history. It is well with my soul. Tonight, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm blown away by this man. How can you sing about the goodness of God when all four of your children are dead? And he says words like this, peace like a river attendeth my way when rivers like billows blow. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If I get you to stand and close your eyes, I can't answer the question of why. I don't know why your marriage is broken. I don't know why you're going through that situation. But Jesus promised we'd suffer. The brokenness of this world is not his problem. But the good news is that Jesus wants to stand next to you. He wants to suffer with you. But the challenge for you is will you bring him your pain? Will you worship him when it hurts like hell? With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to pray for you. God, I just pray for this room. I believe that there are people suffering. People had very traumatic childhoods. Maybe a father or a mother was absent. Maybe they were abusive, God. Maybe there was a boyfriend that just took advantage of them. And now they walk around wounded. Maybe there was a marriage that you said, I do, until death do us part. And they left you. And you've never understood why. Maybe you started a business that God placed on your heart and it it died. Now you're struggling paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you see all your friends having kids and you're wondering when it's your turn. And you wonder, did I do something wrong? Is it because I didn't pray enough? Sometimes we walk with shame not realizing it's because of the pain that we're experiencing in life. There's nothing wrong with you. 
God died to forgive you. God died to heal you. God died to bring you home. And he doesn't promise a pain-free life. He promises a life that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen? And this God, he gives you the choice. Will you come to him and say, Dad, I'm hurting. Dad, I don't know why I'm going through this. Dad, why did you allow this to happen? And I can't answer the why. But I believe by faith that when you do come, he can take your pain and he can change your character. He can transform you. I just want to give you a moment to bring your pain to Jesus. Just lay it at him. Just say, God, I'm upset. Why did you allow this to happen? He's not surprised at your anger. He can handle it. This is a moment for some of you to just have an intimate, raw conversation with God. Yeah, I believe by faith that there are some of you in this room. Today is your moment of salvation. That you never knew that there was a God in heaven who left heaven to die for you. And that he actually wants a relationship with you. And that he suffered so that you and I can be forgiven. The gospel is good news. Because the, the real news is that you and I don't deserve forgiveness. You and I deserve to spend eternity apart from God, but God loves us so much that he wants to suffer through that pain so that you and I don't have to. And if that's you tonight and those watching online, you want to start a relationship with the living God. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Just pray this prayer in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I've got to confess my sin to you. I repent. I turn from the way that I was living. I want to come to you. I, I try to deal with my pain in all the wrong ways. But I want to give it to you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. I want to walk with you, God. I want to live for you. I want to obey you and worship you even when it hurts like hell. On the count of three, if that was you tonight, we would just love to help you on this spiritual journey. I'm going to count to three with every eye closed and every head bowed. If that was you and you prayed that prayer in your heart, we would love to celebrate with you. We'd love to help you on this journey of faith. On the count of three, one, two, three. Just shoot your hand up if that was you today. Amen. Amen. Let me quickly pray. I want to challenge us to sing this song, It Is Well With My Soul. Challenge you to worship even when it hurts like hell. Jesus, we, we love you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that when we're in pain and suffering, you're there with us. I thank you that even when life doesn't go as expected, I can expect you to stand next to me. I don't know why you love me so much, God, but I'm grateful. God, forgive me that I get angry with you sometimes. God, forgive me that I get bitter 
and I cope with my pain in ways that aren't healthy. But tonight, God, I want to bring it to you so that I can become better and not bitter. Everybody said? Thanks so much for listening. We hope this message impacted you and inspires you to draw closer to Jesus. Subscribe to this podcast and give us a follow on Instagram at Centerset Church to keep up with all that God is doing in our community. Also, we'd love to be in prayer with you. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to info at centerset.church.